All right. Well, uh, welcome everyone to Fallout Podcast 70 something, a work in progress due about 2026. It's a fall showdown with all 525 songs approximately going head to head in an ultimate We Have Always Been Here showdown. Thank you to the annotated fall. Phew, that uh, site was down for two hours. <laughs> the, the, the podcast almost fell the, the apart. Panicky, the panicky message that you sent around yesterday. Oh, I can't. The annotated fall is down. Repeat. The end of the world is nigh. <laughs> uh, where am I going to get all my notes from? And the track record, which I used as well. Uh, joined tonight by Monsieur Pip Beard with his outside flavourness. How are you doing, Phil? Bonjour, bonjour. Very good. I am now all 46 years of age. Nice. It's uh, it's it's a splendid day for you. Um, Lord Sage Temple is here with his baby. Yes, I'm here and I've got the baby. I'm going to give some booze to the baby. Oh, come on. Very easy. Pemberton Walker. Soon ran into trouble, didn't you? What have you been up to, Al? No response at all. What and uh, Chris Barrow of Chris I'm Barrow, sprinting. whatever. Chris Barrow of Wigan, how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, thank you. It goes tiny. Good to be on board Tim. Again. Yes, glad, glad to have you. It's this tiny Tim with us, Phil. He certainly is. All right, and uh, due to my <laughs> due to my need for cash, I'm also going to be reading things from Leon Jumble Sale, and uh, I sold voting rights to a man called Michael E, so that might not go well. But even better than all that, we're joined by a special guest, um, Dan Laidler. Am I saying that right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Good. Well, um, you are a musician and artist, and I've uh, tr- kept dipping in and out of the stuff you've done over the years. But I originally got to, to know your stuff through a, a band called Tiger from the 90s. Mm-hmm. If it's all right, I want to ask you a few questions regarding said band, The Fall, and also your uh, your creative output. Do you have permission for that? Yes. Good. Dan, tell me a little bit about your creative output over the years, if you don't mind. Well, it started in about the early 90s with when I decided I wanted to be in a band and I was, I was writing <coughs> songs. I used to make up songs while I was driving um, in a job, I had lorry driving, and um, then I started recording the songs and then a few friends heard them and we started the band Tiger and it quickly took off. Um, but sort of ran out of steam after about a couple of years. And since then, I haven't really done much in the way of music, just a few songs. And that's about it, really. No, that's great. I mean, that I want to play a few a few tracks. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of Tiger. Like you said, they didn't last very long, but the, those few early singles and um, little bits and, and bobs all the way through were, were really delightful. Oh, well, well, we're here, though. My mum's here. My mum's visiting. Oh. Uh, you want to say hello to everyone? Just hello. Hello, Mrs. O'Leary. She's come back in a minute. She's putting it. I won't say what she's doing. Let's play some some uh, Tiger before then. Uh, that would be great. Seamless. To do it in English circle.
spring, a boy's born up near Vapor Spring. To the boy for gifts we bring. Their eggs, their bream, there's television from their cream. Ten years time, the boy's grown, he called me on the telephone. in the fields, waiting for Farmer Giles to bring some corn for him to grind. Yes, Porky. Farmer Giles is taking a very long time. My time. So what we heard there was we heard My Puppet Pal from Tiger and uh, Friends from off the second album uh, with a little bit of a, I Work in Retail by uh, Magic Wizard. Uh, pseudonym and uh, from something I hadn't heard before that Joe Clid by Westminster Abbey which interests me as well because Ben Waller was involved who's uh you know is it we're a big fan of the country teasers and stuff I'm assuming it's the same Ben and yeah, um yeah, and then Windy Windy Farmer I'd never seen before but that was delightful so yeah what <laughs> anything you want to tell us about that stuff um yeah I was interested in with your choice actually Ben Waller's a big fall fan and he actually brought um, we did three or four, no, about five songs, me, Dido and Ben Wallers, at that 1999. And he brought quite a lot of fall influence. I wasn't so aware of it at the time, but I can hear it now. Now I'm a bit more au fait with the fall. Lovely stuff. Um, I think that Friends one is, uh, again, maybe not intentional, but has, has a little bit of a fall kind of feel to it. And what what was the thinking with the um, with the Windies? farm idea that was lovely stuff uh i don't know i w- i had a very boring job where i had nothing to do all day and um i just ended up making windy's farm uh three episodes i think yeah it was lovely um the the the, the um I, I was going to pull out a clip of you when you played on the big break <laughs> i don't know if you remember that but um the stuff that that jumped at me about Tiger and the stuff you'd done was that that crossed over with the fall again, whether or not it was intentional. I, I, really, this is just an excuse to to have you on the show. Stuart, are you a fall fan? It was it didn't really matter whether you're a fall fan or not, as long as you were prepared to come by <laughs> and have a chat. <laughs> uh, 
But I do think that kind of anti uh, kind of fashion at the time, and you were known for having the mullets and the the t-shirts with the jaguars on, and the like the anti-fashion stuff, and also the angular but melodic kind of surreal pop. So I definitely, for me as a fall fan, there was there was definitely a crossover. But for you, from your perspective, was there did you have much of a fall influence? I think so. Um, but I was never I never listened to the fall apart from I think it sub- subconsciously went in when I was listening to it on when I was doing my homework uh, as a teenager I think I used to listen to Radio 1 of evening in the evenings and I think it did subconsciously go in but other people I worked with um, as I mentioned Ben were fall fans when we made friends I was kind of conscious that was sort of fallish but that sort of came about as an accident anyway um, the song Friends it started off as a sort of melodic pop song we were trying to work out how it went and meanwhile i was writing this i couldn't i was trying to write the lyrics for the song and i couldn't i just ended up writing this sort of monologue and um just tried and i had a really bad cold at the time and i just read it over the top of the the song and it worked it kind of all worked came together who yeah, would you say your musical influences are done <laughs> i don't know must- uh, the thing is I, I grew up listening to some 60s music that's all i really listened to when i was a teenager um pop the odd you know when i see my homework so I don't know, really. You know, bands like Tiger and anyone that uses the angular style, it doesn't necessarily matter whether they were um, specifically looking to have, you know, that post-punk stuff as a influence. But other things like um, the rudimentary kind of keyboard stuff and, and having uh, multiple female members of the band and, and your B-sides, which thankfully I think are now up on Spotify. I think both no, albums... all gone now. It's all been taken down by... Universal music. Oh, right. The B-sides are delightful. It's, uh, it was, uh, it's well worth a listen to anyone out there that hasn't listened to, to Tiger or uh, your latest stuff, The Magic Wizard. It's It's got a, a real charm. Did you do, you did the paintings uh, for the covers? Yeah. They're really kind of striking images and there's a really good style. Do you still paint or? No. <laughs> oh, well. I never really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm quite proud of what I did do. Yeah, they're really nice images uh, and very evocative and very suited to the to the kind of music. Shall we move on? To, we've got tonight, we've got City Hub Goblins versus Solicitor in Studio. We were supposed to do those last time when we talked to Mayo Thompson from the Red Crayola, but we decided that um, it was probably better not to talk about songs he had no involvement in whatsoever, considering he's a, he had a legendary story. It's slick today, isn't it? It's like a well-oiled nice. machine. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I know we've got six people in who haven't asked any questions to yet, but you, you know what? You're here every week. It doesn't matter. We'll get your opinion sooner or later. <laughs> uh, Hobgoblins versus Solicitor in Studio. I'm going to Spain and calling it best fall cover ever versus black monk time worst fall cover uh and then you wanna versus i've seen him so can we have a bit of a listen to city hobgoblins uh philip not solicitor in the studio whatever don't matter just play a song <laughs>
on mute. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Phil, that's a great song, isn't it? By the fall, what do you think about it? No rugby. <laughs> For asking me, Matt, it's uh, it's very kind of you to offer that opportunity. Do you know what? I've loved this song a little bit more every single time I've heard it this week. In fact, for the last two weeks, given what happened at the last episode, um, there's something very saxophone about that bass line. And it took me ages to realise there's actually two basses playing along on this, isn't there? I, I, I think it's a, it's a great tune that just bounces along. And considering it's, it's not really doing that much, it keeps its energy. And I don't lose interest at all. Um, I think the, the, the weird kind of production on it, where you've got these dull drums and very naked bass playing works really, really well. Um, the guitar is just like a bit of a bit of a shimmery thing going on in the background. But um, it, the other thing that it kept reminding me of this week is, especially in that mid-late breakdown, it really feels a bit kinksy to me. It feels like it's got a bit of a kink, like especially the... I keep imagining voices when that mid-late breaks in, like a ba 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 kind of thing, which always got me thinking of the kinks. Might um, want to see someone about that. <laughs> Uh, and then I think it's what's really interesting is in the last sort of minute, you hear these bass licks getting played that are then mimicked on the keyboard as well. So it actually so it betrays a lot more production going on than perhaps they want you to realise uh, with the record. But I think this is brilliant. And it's it's one of them tunes that I've not really given much time to previously, but I've really enjoyed getting into this week's so Cracker. Nice, nice, nice. Dan, um, what, what did you think about this one? This was my favourite one, <laughs> probably for some of the reasons um, Phil says. Um, I really like the instrumentation, that, that clunky bass, and um, and it's quite, as you say, it's quite melodic. It's, I felt a bit of an affinity with this one. Um, Sweet. Well, nice. It's not too cocky. Oh, no, no, absolutely. How about Ezra? What does he think? Can't tell, can we? He's on mute. I'm one. on mute, too. Okay, now. Yeah. Right, that's um, true. One more and we get our podcast licence revoked. Yeah, it's it's interesting listening uh, listening to what Phil and Dan have to say because I kind of feel a bit the opposite way. Like I was really in the thing that I really enjoyed about this song when I first heard heard it was yeah it was like Phil was saying like the almost to me it was almost like a kind of cello or string section uh, the sound of them basses and I thought that was really really blew me away. But listening to it again and again, I feel I started to feel like the parts were maybe greater than the sum of the whole. Like, um, I feel like it goes on a little bit too long. There's weird drops as well when the kind of mic feedback, the whole song kind of like goes down a couple of notches of volume. And so I wound up thinking like, yeah, you know, actually this is one of them where, you know, when you listen to members of the of the group complaining about Room to Live, this is one of those tracks off Room to Live where I can kind of see where they're coming from. Um, I also felt like maybe the lyrics weren't the strongest. They're kind of funny. It seems to be about a solicitor trying to become a make a second career as a rent-a-gob on some kind of TV show. And, uh, you know, you've got Patrick Moore got a manifesto. He learned the words vidking and spontaneous. He learned the words analysis and through video later on, scientists and their bloody childish reading habits so there are some you know there's some great fucking lines on there but ultimately it kind of made me a, a bit nostalgic because when you actually look back at that kind of tv that was on 
in those days when they debated stuff and then you fast forward a few decades and watch i don't know kilroy or something you just realize that civilizations <laughs> crumbled into the sea and you're kind of like mark what were you fucking complaining about at least people could speak in them days you know <laughs> but yeah it, you know it's a good track but mm, i was my my love for it was somewhat tempered through the listening have we, process have we just witnessed ezra's turn into the grumpy old man now you've 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 matured i'm so a fucking dad weeks. two weeks of parenthood and he's lost the will to live the old days were so much better bring back magnus pike what about um chris barrow come on save this train wreck please yeah i'm a bit uh a bit with ezra on this one it's uh it all starts a bit kind of clunky and awkward but then you kind of you kind of adapt to it and it all becomes actually quite quite catchy. It doesn't deserve to be to be kind of over five minutes, but um, it's still got its charms. There's like you said, there's a different part kind of halfway through that's actually quite a good part. If they'd gone kind of fifty fifty on 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 it and kind of just just ran it out with that other part, I think it'd been uh, been much better. But uh, like most things on Room to Live, it's a worthwhile diversion, but nothing essential. It's just talk, isn't it? It's a great record, Chris. Yeah. And second thoughts, a moment of second thoughts of inviting you on. Uh, Alistair, <laughs> come on. You think this is great, don't you? I certainly do, yeah. I think it's a bit of bollocks been talk there. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's a great tune, yeah. It's a bit long. You get wrong with that, you know. Um, there's some like really long songs at the fall I've done that have been uh, considerably worse, naming no tunes, um, so yeah, you know the, the bass line's fucking great. The, the groove that they get going is brilliant. Um, you know, like the sort of scratchy rhythm guitar suits it really well. Love the, the feedback from the mic, um, and I do think "Room to Live" is just uh, to kind of phrase not appreciated uh, quite as much as it should be. Um, but yeah, it's got a right bounce to it. It's a word that Phil used that I'd written down as well. So yeah, it's got that sort of like uh, spring in your step when you're walking, uh, kind of uh, listening to it on your headphones. And the production thing is, I like the story behind it. You know, it's just sort of like dragging various members of the band into the studio different times, stick your part down, and then they just sort of like did what the fuck they wanted to with it. Um, and, you know, the, the, the feedback with a mic, which is just like a deliberate act of vandalism just chucked in there. It's, it's brilliant. I love it. You know, um, I, I, I can only encourage more of this kind of behaviour. Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, Leon, over there on Patreon, has said the Hanley Brothers might be underdeveloped. I dig it. Looser than Hex era and improvisational, a funny dig at media types. And, and it is indeed a, that second bass, that umpapa kind of thing. Uh, is apparently Carl Burns, one of the drummers, because they had two drummers at that point, right? So Hanley's on on, on drums, and but it's hard to know in that in that album because yeah, famously he or unfamously he dragged people in random and they didn't know what the what songs they were playing on. Um, but yeah, very nice groovy vibe and uh, just wonky enough and melodic enough to to kind of uh, toe that line. Solicitor in studio soon ran into trouble. He inadvertently proved the point of this that his profession was rot. Um, what does Tiny Tim think on the other side? Well, I've just had a quick scan at what he's scribbled on the rice paper, and I think today's episode is going to be the fight episode, and I'm okay. looking forward to this, especially given what we've got coming up next with Al's conundrum of two covers up against each other. But anyway, Tiny Tim has written, Slister in the studio, this is my least favourite track on RTL after Purple Visit, but there's nothing wrong with it. 
I think it just shows the weakness of the recording method that makes so many of the tracks on the record so interesting. For me, this one really needs a fully locked in groove with a slow tension build, but the slightly janky feel of things not quite sticking together properly undermines it a bit. I love the noisy bits that pop up as a break, but they are way too brief. Give me a five minute section devoted to improvised coughing, keyboard spam and feedback and I'll be a lot happier. Good stuff, but not quite at the top level of the rest of the record and other wrongs. Noises and high-pitched whines. Let's have a listen to what it's up against, which is City Hobgoblins, which was the B-side of uh, our Elastic Man, and, and was produced by that chap that dropped by last week, which was nice. Rough Trade, 1980. <laughs> That's it, we were You think it's the pipes, but it turns on the lights. Ubu Leroy is a home hobgoblin. Chris Barrow, what do you have to say about this song? Well, it's, uh, it certainly deserves a better billing than uh, just a B-side. Possibly um, it's even better than Elastic Man, in uh, in my opinion. Um, certainly should have been more than two minutes long. It's punky, but in a uniquely fall way. Uh, fantastic riff and uh, collective racket. Some great strangers in the lyrics. Love the bit about Queen Victoria statue being a large black slug. Quite an underrated gem, all in all. Indeed. It's a bold claim, but, you know, I actually do. I think it's got a lot of charm, especially um, being tucked away there on, on a B-side. Dan, is this, uh, what did this song do for you? Um, this, I think this is my second favourite one. As someone who's not very familiar with The Fall, this is kind of how I imagine The Fall sound like. And especially the way he says hobgoblins. So um, that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I think this is my second favourite. Nice. Manchester, Piccadilly, Manchester. That's a, that's a, a Smith signature right there. Is it Jeff Travis produced? So apparently, yeah. It's a, a, so I think Jeff Travis and Maya Thompson, the, the lad, fellow from the um, Red Curly, they did a lot of the production on the singles around this time. So it has got that raw, it's got a really nice raw feel to it. It's, um, I know someone who'd like that. Alistair, what do you make of City Hobgoblins? Yeah, the production's great, isn't it? Um, it's like real sort of like stripped down kind of punky stuff. Uh, there's no fat on there, like, you know, it's just like proper lean piece of music. Uh, and also as a bonus, there's cowbells and kazoos. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, the, the line about the uh, big black slug is a uh, reference to like the statue of Queen Victoria in Piccadilly Gardens. And I've had before photographs taken in front of that by work colleagues who were completely baffled behind the rationale as to why I wanted the photograph taken. I was going, no, it's a great big black slug, look at it! Uh, but there you go. I, I'd say sort of uh, met friends and, uh, you know, influence people into thinking you're a weirdo. But great song. Great song indeed, Ezra. City of Goblins. 
Yeah, smashing. I mean, they're still wearing the dust from, you know, the exploding space cock that was the uh, punk rock revolution. And yeah, you know, at half, less than half the length of Solicitor in Studio, they fucking do the job with a plum. Um, as I said last week, I'll say it again, because I think it's just one of the best lines he ever wrote. Ten times my age, one-tenth my height are the city hobgoblins. Um it, I was really interested to see that on the annotated fall, the consensus seems to be that there's some kind of a sports ball connection to this, and it's all about football fooligans, like running around beating innocent people, grandmothers and Morrissey's up. Um, but I can't see any of that in the lyrics. But everybody seems so sold on it that I suppose it, it, it must be true. And, you know, those hobgoblins, the spirit of the hobgoblins at least possesses the fooligans to run amok like that but i don't know either but it's definitely about scallies right at the very least it's about young ruffians i don't think he's really talking about proper proper hobgoblins what we've got in our toilet phil you you're your camera is it like a proper weird angle is that like a fish fish eyes lens is like you like a, you're in a beastie boys video it's thank you that's the one i was going for i'm uh i'm gonna do some more appropriative behavior later on uh, I, I, shall I tell you what I think about the song though? Why we're here, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm more in Ezra's camp really about the whole sort of lyric thing. Where it reminded me, there's a story by Lieber Fritz called Smoke Ghost, and it's it's supposed to be the first urban ghost story, really. It's from like the late forties, I think, something like that. And it reminded me of that. It reminded me of taking like these kind of medieval supernatural characters and then plonking them in a modern day setting, really. And I, I, I love that. I love Smart Ghost and I, I love that kind of idea, that juxtaposition of what would what would modern elementals kind of feel like, which is where Gremlins comes from, the idea of Gremlins, isn't it? It's like electronic elementals that cause mischief. Um, and I, I so I, it put me in a good mind. It's it is a very short song. It surprises me how short it is every every time. This, but I think it's it's very evocative. Even though it sounds like it's been produced in a back room and the symbols are like dustbin lids and stuff, it's it's a it's a bit of punk oi energy. But I really like the uh, the picture that it paints. So yeah, I think it's a goodness. Like uh, Chris said, it's it shouldn't be a B side. No, it's on the right side of punky for me. You know, we, we're not we're not big fans of the oi kind of stuff but it's on the right side of uh rockabilly punky scratchy stuff leon leon reckons cream victoria large black slug he likes that line one of mez's best lines simple bass breakdown followed by kazoo rip such a smart and effective way to build excitement with limited means and i agree very much I so the opening lines a cracker as well though isn't it you think it's the pipes and then it turns on the lights <laughs> that's a great couplet it's quite the picture doesn't it what does Tim think before we go to the vault? He said, whatever Brendan said is wrong. A prime slice of throwaway fall, but a lovely one. Extra points for Kazoo and the comedy of the Black Slug, which always makes me laugh when I see it. This recording really captures the live sound from bootlegs of this time. Great stuff. Well, we'll find out, won't we, on the uh, the extra live episodes. We will. So, well, we've got our first... Uh... Paid for vote. We've we've given up on any sort of integrity now, and we're selling votes on the internet. So, so Michael E, thanks, Michael. We appreciate you being on board, and uh, you're you're not definitely not a pseudonym, so I can get two votes. Uh, he's voting. <laughs> he's voting for solicitor 
in studio. Dan, which one are you going for? Yeah, the first one. Solicitor, good, good. Uh, Phil? Well, I, I sold my vote as well to a dog in the pub, and uh, the, the dog's called Benji, and Benji's going for a solicitor in the studio. Benji knows knows which way his bread's butter, doesn't he? Ezra? CEO of Goblins. Ah, it's a great it's a great tune. This is a travesty that these two songs are up against each other, isn't it? It's disgraceful. Chris Barrow? City Hall Goblins. Oh. Alistair. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Eh? It is. Uh, it is, yeah. But I think I think I'm gonna have to go for the stripped down lean shit, so it's uh, uh shitty obnobs for me. So we've got Tiny Tim's got this casting vote here, hasn't he? He has so uh solicitor two point seven. Right. City Hobbs three. I'll see how Goblins goes through, unless I've missed someone out or made a mistake. Chris, did I ask you what you think? <laughs> I didn't, did I? Think, uh, I think that's correct. Sounds, sounds fair to me. <laughs> so you put the of Goblins through. Fair enough. Makes sense. Uh, I'm not good at this stuff, so please, anyone tell me if I forget to ask you about anything. <laughs> Moving on to the next showdown. Um, what one? City of Goblins, probably. Uh, yeah. I'm going to Spain. The uh, Steve Bent... Cover. I sold my car, thrown in my jaw. I'm thirty-four years old. I think it's time I saw the world and not Australia. I, I love that song. I love the original. It's so Kenny Everett did the, an album called The Worst World's Worst Record, nineteen seventy eight, and um, he had that on. It had um, Paralyzed by Legendary Stardust, Cowboy. It had Transfusion by Nervous Novas, which Smith also covered at some point, and um, strangely, enough, Surfing Bird by the Trashman, which I just assumed everybody like was a big hit, right? Wasn't it? Was it was it, was it just that Family Guy thing where, why everyone knows it? And a song by Eamon Andrews. But um, Alistair, what do you make? Your opinion's valid on this subject. What do you make of that I'm going to Spain song? Well, I, I listened to your cover of it, Brendan, uh, last night and uh, did enjoy that very much. Uh, your, your cover of it reminded me a bit more of a sort of like Kramer sound, um, very shimmy disc esque. Uh, right. Um, yeah, the, the, the fall cover, uh, do you remember he did get in the Festive 50 that year? Yeah, it's like very chorusy guitar and like accordion settings on the keys. It's a decent tune. It's a cover. It sounds like the chameleons doing a B-side, um, you know, with a bit of a, a full treatment over, over the top of it. It's okay. It's a bit term. 
I'm going to play a bit of the original. It is tame. I'll give you that. But it's delightful. So Steve Bent is like, when you see this chap's face, if you if you were uh, of our generation, you might have come across him. He's on Holby City like once every two weeks or something like that. So he's been on a lot of stuff. But let's have a listen to to his version because it's, it's, it's quite similar. Thrown in my jaw, I'm 24 years old. I think it's time that I saw the world, and I hate it. Yes, I hate the cold, and I'm gonna stay. Cause Norman had a real fight. Hear the little castanets there in the background as well. It's uh, it's very fun, and um, and the wacky. Who wrote the song? I don't know. He seventy-eight, I think. Uh, yeah, and I, I imagine he wrote it. I'll have to look in a bit more, but um, yes, <laughs> I'm not sure. Dan, Dan, what's uh, what was your thoughts on on the I'm going to Spain? Um, well, I don't upset anyone. Um, <laughs> I thought it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> a horrible guitar at the beginning. Um, shingy, shingy guitar is also a bit muffled as well or maybe that's my hearing i don't know there's an rc of 80 i don't know when it was made but it, it just the instrumentation on this made me think of some horrible sort of 80s i don't know not and also um he does kind of it sounds a bit sort of like lloyd cole or something in the in the singing which uh, there's maybe it's the tune i don't know but that really put me off as well um, so nothing positive really i've got to say about that <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> it, was from, it was actually from 1993, and I just noticed the original says, like, I'm 23 or whatever, and Smith sings I'm 35, so it's, it's a nice little touch there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm baffled. I don't know how anyone could not think that's the greatest song ever, but, Dan, you're entitled to your opinion. It was made in the 90s. 93, and the thing is that it was... Um, the rest of the album is pretty electronic. They went a bit Manchester at that at that point, and, uh, but this stands out on the album. Yeah. Um, the kind of uh, jangly indie that the fall could do, but never did outside of that song. So maybe they were, maybe it was, they were all in on the joke. Um, straight mez, uh, straight down the line cover. Um, well, I might be missing out on something. Um, you know, because I'm not that familiar no, with all. No, I don't think you are. I think, I think most people <laughs> would think it was awful. I mean, but, uh, so, um, but I don't think Chris Barr is going to think it's awful. I think he's going to like it a lot. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a bit with Dan on this one. Uh, yeah, like, like Dan says, that guitar and then the keyboard and the band are just all a bit kind of blasé and just just kind of potter along with it. It's um, it, listening to the originals. Well, listening to well your version, Brendan and um, Steve Benz. They're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not cheap. They, they don't sound cheesy to me. But the Falls does. You know, they've kind of elevated. Elevated the cheese, you know. Um, Steve Benz is quite like, oh, actually, sounds like uh, Bell and Sebastian to me. It's, yeah. It has got that gentle kind of indie oh. feel to it, a bit wonky, right? And the timing's not quite right. It's like some of the bars are yeah. three, three yeah, notes and that, five yeah. notes and stuff like that. But no, no the, the Falls version's a bit of a fail, sorry. Even with the castanets, that didn't do it for you. Yes. Oh, well. well, let's see if if someone has a more reasonable opinion. It was a preset. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ezra, come on. 
Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, you know, I really like it when the fall do shit music. And I don't mean the original was shit. I mean, you know, they 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 have this kind of cheese setting that they go on to. Uh, and we'll hear it really done to its fullest potential in the next track. But I think there's also <laughs> plenty of that on here. And it always, yeah, it always makes me a little bit happy inside. And it, it, it's interesting because, you know, like, I think my favourite fall cover would be Lost in Music because they're the band Take on a Song. And that was probably on the same album, actually. Same record, um, yeah. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They take on a song and they completely change it around and they fuck with the meaning of it and create something which is its own distinct beast. Um, but here, Mark just wants you to know about Steve Bent and the crime of Kenny Everett's bottom 30, which from what Brendan said contains at least five of my all-time favourite tracks. Um, the original one's ace, this one. Like, there's that really odd phasing and flanging on pretty much every every part, which I only noticed about halfway through the track when I first listened. <laughs> um, the one thing I do like about the fall cover is like when uh, when it gets to the line, I think it's time I saw the world because I hate the cold and rain and grey. I love the way that Mark kind of sings it. It's like, I hate the rain, the cold and grey. So yeah, you know, like all in all, I quite like this one. Beautiful. Um, Alistair? Yeah, right, yeah, right, right up your street. I've asked you already. Oh. What about Phil? It's interesting how, how people are reacting to this. It's uh, I remember getting this CD out of Wigan Library when I was uh, uh, years ago, like sort of catching up on my fall listening and this track coming on and just thinking, fuck is this? Um, and then hearing about the backstory, the Kenny Everett record, and all that kind of stuff, and I didn't realize the legendary Stardust Cowboys on that fucking Kenny Everett record, which just goes to show you didn't have a clue what he was on about. And the the original song itself is that's the first I've heard of it, and the all that I've heard of the original. So it's the the orchestration is quite intriguing on that. But um, my my thoughts about the fall version are. I do like it, but I'm, I'm, it's my contrarian nature that likes this song. That's that's the the uh, the boxes that are getting ticked for me. It does sound awful. Marky Smith playing with a straight bat on this record is is just has to be heard to be believed, really. But the the chorus and the falsetto that he goes into, I I could not shake off the Steve Maltmus thing. Once I started hearing that as a as word payment, kind of rip off some of their stuff. And like you were saying yesterday in the chat about um they were much more prepared to play with that jingle jangle guitar, weren't they, on the on the pop records. So I do I do like it, although I agree completely with Dan. It's it's yeah. it's awful. It's it's shitty music and it's done badly. Um, but I, I'm so contrarian that that really does it for me. So maybe maybe I've won some fall fan points back there from some of my previous opinions. Maybe. I think if it had been released as a single, it would have gone top 10. What does it? Here's what Leon thinks. This one brings me to bitter tears. How about uh, Tim? He's got no Is it not giving us any more than that? Just bitter no, that's tears? that's it. Just bitter tears. You know, he's leaving it open. Mystery, isn't it? Any good bitter tears? Like, you can have like happy bitter tears. Mild. Sad- yeah. Um, Tim, Tim's got no time for this at all, has he? <clears throat> I'm going to tell you exactly what he thinks right now. So he's put 
ropey phasing guitar tone, naff wishy-washy sound, vomit-inducing wishy synths, and overall a pretty shit version of a shit song. I'll give it a point because it's clearly pretty funny, but I've no idea why you lot seem to like this. You'll never understand us, will you? Never. Well, it is up against something arguably much, much worse. Uh, The Falls cover of uh, How To Do Now, um, retitled Black Monk Tart 2. What was that? 92, I think. Just in case you've forgotten what the actual good version sounds like. That's uh, the monks how, how to do now. Um, Ezra, what do you reckon to this version of that song? <laughs> it's quite fucking hilarious. I mean, I was, I was just thinking, you know, like, I think if you're working in the pop medium, putting out albums, it's extremely difficult to come up with a full album of like proper top tier songs. And I kind of feel like that may be why <laughs> the fall just on a lot of their albums, have at least one song where they're just like, we're not even going to try with this one. We're just going to, it's just going to be the sound of us fucking about. And yeah, you know, I, I, I've got to admire the chutzpah <laughs> turning like a kind of proto-punk anthem into something you would hear like, or you would expect to hear at some fucking Blackpool granny disco or something like it's god like it's just fucking incredible all a bit stars on 45 isn't it dave bush with his great deal brilliant dan what uh what what was your take on this beautiful uh early 90s excursion well this is all right i thought the um i like that kind of um uh keyboardy thing and uh and the vocals i thought were weren't bad at all but it's funny because I didn't know, I had never heard of that Monk song. And that was kind of the opposite way around. I thought the, the music in the Monk song, it was amazing. I was expecting something really, it to develop into something really great. And then when they started singing, when the Monk started singing, it was rubbish. I have to listen to it again, but um, I have to listen to that beginning again. The Monk's great. Yeah, it's great, great band. And um, it, it's a good good job we're all a long way away from each other because Phil Rigby, he's, he's a wild man when people start saying bad stuff about the monks. 
Oh, well, I, that was the first time I've heard it. I mean, the, the beginning was amazing before they started singing. Yeah, a great, great band. And there's some great tunes. That's not one of my, my favourites by them. And some of the vocals get, get pretty wild and out there. But uh, top, Yeah, to top. be fair, I don't think that's the best ever Monk's track. No, but it's a, a good band. <laughs> um, what does uh, what does Chris Barrow of Wigan think about that Monk's song? Well, yeah, I, I, I've never heard the uh, that version of um, Oh How To Do Now, that, that live one, and I thought it was excellent. I just thought it was amazing. But uh, Black Monk Part 2 sounds nothing like it at all, does it? I don't see, <laughs> I kind of don't see any kind of similarity at all. It's just absolutely dreadful, the uh, the Falls version. The uh, the high-pitch kind of country music keyboard is deeply irritating. Then there's like a simple, a jolly bass line, synthetic drums. And like you say, it's just got to be a jog. It's, um, it's worse than I'm going to Spain, in my opinion. Here's what uh, Leon Jumble said. I had to say, classic Balearic fall with Mez in full command of his instrument. Phil, <laughs> do you concur? <laughs> It's, uh, <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't concur with that. This is, uh, this is a wild roller coaster everyone today, isn't it? So, um, my take is when, uh, when we were playing the fall version and I switched it off, I was quite happy. And then when you put, when you switched off the monks version, I was quite sad because I wanted that to continue. Um, I think this is not my bag. Yeah. I've just enough. I've only written one word on my notes here. It just is awful. For <laughs> shit. The hand claps are the only good thing. I'd say this is the worst Four Monks cover, possibly the worst cover they ever did. Alistair, defend it. Come on. Well, it's not a cover, is it? <laughs> this is a, this is, this is a reimagination of, of a, a Monks classic. You can't uh, get away with that again. It, it made it sound like dollar. Uh, and words that, uh, that Ezra said that, that I wrote down was fucking hilarious and you've got to see like it is it's just it's like going fuck off to, to this is more punk than um some of the the, the, the punky sounding stuff because it, it is it's just like they've taken this brilliant song which has got like loads of energy in it uh and you're like you've got, you've got all attention with the banjos and the keyboards and stuff like that uh, and they just sucked all the life out of it and made it sound like black lace. Brilliant! Woo, <laughs> that's enough from you, Alistair. Thank you. Um, is that everyone, Tim? No, yeah, he'll, he'll love this, won't he? He's put, Jesus, this is rubbish too. A bad novelty thing that sounds like bad disco. There's the added bonus of not even being fun to dance to. Overly long at two minutes. I, I want to wear a remix of it, with, like with him, it's a bit of Vagadu do into it. That'd be good. It's proper jive bunny, isn't it? It's proper jive bunny. It's like, but you know, I, I, at a certain time of night, I might appreciate it. Um, Dana, this is, uh, I guess, absolutely unconnected to this conversation, but I was looking through your um, release, the releases with uh, Tiger, and you you uh, broke the top forty one of your singles. Is that is that correct? Did Race went top forty, right? Thirty six, I think. Yeah. yeah, did you didn't go on top of the pops? That I don't think did you? No, only had a, had a picture on top of the pops in the you know in the chart rundown. What no, what, no. what were the highlights of that era of being like a a, a pop star and an enemy kind of because they loved you, right? You're on the you're always in there, and you 
It was a cool band, a great band. But what was your memory of being of that time? Being hated, I think. Because, um, I don't know, you said, uh, as much as people liked it, people didn't like it. And you kind of um, pick up on the dislike rather than the like. But no, I mean, I don't know. Um, you mentioned The Big Breakfast. That was quite good. Having Sig and Zag and Frank Carson dancing to your song. And Cheggers as well. Sig and Zag did a couple of good records themselves. All those celebrities dancing to your song is, was quite a highlight of my career in pop. Brilliant. Why don't we play a bit of that sort of race and we can watch you sing on it? How do you, how you, you feel with watching yourself from the 90s? Is that, is that a good experience or are you okay uh, with that? Yeah, now it's so far in the past that I can watch it now. Yeah. Big, big breakfast, but uh, Danny Minogue introducing you. That's it, you should do. Don't forget, look at me, I'm on TV throughout the rest of the week. Chicken in a basket, we'll be playing all the games and Grantique's Roto. But now, playing us out today is a band performing their brand new single. It's the television debut of a band who have roared, roared, I tell you, roared onto the music scene. Performing the song Race, Please, Dublin. Give it up for Tiger! And we'll see you again tomorrow. Great tune. You still what? What you uh, you still uh, like those tunes, Dan? Or are you still playing back from time to time? Or um, well, I got a bit sick of them having to perform them all the time. Right. Uh, sometimes uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I suppose I've still bored of them. It's good. It's good to move on. But uh, looking back, yeah, great stuff. It's good to write a new song and enjoy that for a while before you get bored of that. Yeah. Have you 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 putting any? Are you doing any new stuff at the minute or? Uh, no. <laughs> I sometimes make one up in my head and then forget it before I've got time to. Um... That's that's fair enough. I, I put them on Bandcamp and it probably has the same effect as me just singing them in the car anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm quite content now just to sing them in the car and leave it yeah. at that. Beautiful. But well, you are out for time if we, we do the, this for and then listen to two more. more yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Good. All yeah. right. So I think. Um, this is the point of the evening where I forget what we're up to, but I, I think we've talked to everyone. And I think we've listened. We yes, vote, did we? we haven't voted yet, so we're going. No. I'm going to Spain versus Black Monk Time Two. I thought this was easy. I did this uh, deliberately so that I'm going to Spain would go through, but I may have made a grave error. Should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, Philip, which way are you going? Is, is well, it valid to know? In solidarity, I'm I'm going for the Spanish. No okay. pasará. Beautiful. I'm also going for Spain, and um, our man Michael E over there on Patreon has also gone for Spain. So it's 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 made a good start. Uh, Dan, which way are you going? Oh, definitely the monks. Fair enough. Uh, Chris, uh, Spain for me. Oh, oh, Ezra. It's a real conundrum for me. I mean, like, vote for a song that I quite like, or piss off Brendan, who. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough a couple of weeks ago it's it's tough and i also really want to um 
this is an aside, if you would message, um, what's his name, that fella, and ask him for a playlist of Balearic Fall, I'd really like well, to hear Leon Jumble says, uh, well, let's do a pitch for Leon's, uh, seeing as he's a Patreon, like, Leon does a thing called Jumble Slayer Radio, and you can listen to it, and it's great, he plays a great selection of tracks, so, you know what, Leon, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, um, play, play some Balearic Fall for Ezra, yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, please do. And so yeah, I'll 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 opt for the pissing Brendan off vote with uh, Black Monk too. Fair enough, Alistair. Black Monk, Black Monk. It's not a cover, so you've got to you've got to fault the cover out. All right, I think that leaves Tiny Tim, doesn't it? Go on. Um, he has gone for Spain. There you go. I knew he would. All right, so that takes us to the last showdown in the evening. Uh, back into uh, late. Uh, Spain won five three. On penalties. On penalties, right. So um, that takes the final showdown of the evening, which is going to be you won our fall head roll 2005 versus I've seen him versus GB 2011. So let's have a bit of a listen to you wanna, if you don't mind, Philip. So that's 2003 Fallheads Roll, which is a, a splendid album. The proper dark Stooges riffs. I mean, it's as close as another ripoff of I Want to Be Your Dog as, the, as they're going to get. But uh, I think they do it, right? I think it's probably their best Stooges ripoff. Um, you are a mourner, digging proper into the pocket. Smith just going for it with the uh, outside flavorness of it all. Um, he gets a bit monksish himself at the end with all the stuttering and jiving, but still the riffage keeps pummeling. Um, apparently, there's some ideas that it was just like Renegade. It was about the lads in the band and how they were moaning about stuff all the time, probably for having to play the same riff for 15 minutes uh, ago. Uh, Dan, did this do anything for you? Have you heard this kind of era of the fall at all? Mm, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Maybe I have. I, I mean, I don't. As I say, I don't. I haven't really listened to the fall. Um, but this is kind of how I imagine the fall sound, and I like the sound of this. The well, this is a plus point, really. I don't know if it's a plus point or a negative point, but it reminds me of um band from the eighties called John Wayne. Don't you know them? Oh, no, I don't know. Oh yeah, there was like a spooky cowboy, and he used to do these sort of drunk songs. The band used to do the songs, and John Wayne. I think he was John, the singer was called John Wayne. And he used to sing in a sort of drunk way, and the the, the productions all sound similar. And, and it kind of, in a way, I wanted it to go into sort of John Wayne and his funny sort of Texas references and things. When you said that name, so that they actually ref he references in another song of time or a bit later, he references a John Wayne song, particularly the one called "But I've Got Texas," where he says, "I have to jack off the dog just to feed the goddamn cat." Uh, so actually, Smith, <laughs> Smith does know that band, which is interesting. This is a few years before that, yeah. Well, I've only heard the Texas Funeral album, 
Um, okay, yeah. I don't know him. It's just that... that um, yeah. Um, so I think Smith w- was familiar with, with that band, uh, interestingly well, enough. Ben Wallace, he was very John Wayne um, with the country teasers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious that that uh, that's st- that like all that country teaser stuff is properly fall influenced. Um, uh, yeah, probably you know it'd be great if he if he dropped by as well because I'm sure he's got a lot to say about the fall. But yeah, um, I'm, I'll have a listen more to John Wayne stuff. That sounds good. That's um, great. I like um, all that. That takes us. Nice. That's more of a comedy thing, you know. John Wayne is comedy. I was just kind of. Yeah, if if maybe lines like that about jacking off dogs, to, <laughs> I'll suggest that he might he might not be playing it straight. But uh, that's good stuff. How about um, what does Chris Barra of Wigan think of this song? Well, the uh, the mid noughties were a fantastic period for the fall, in my opinion. I always think of Mark with uh, the one with leather glove when they played Blindness on Jules Holland. That band was just uh, just awesome. Uh, they made some really intense stuff at that period, and this is just a great example of that. Uh, excellent drums, bass, discordant guitar, keyboard, and uh, this is a great song. Just love it. Nice. And um, right now, Chris, those things next to those records next to your head, is that right? They are. They're not very good ones. Well, here we go. There's a new yeah, segment yeah. called Chris Picks a Random Record Off His Shelf. <laughs> so just in that middle section, just pull one out randomly if you don't mind. Middle section. Yeah, yeah there, yeah. somewhere, somewhere around nice, there. Eyes closed. Oh, eyes keep closed. Going. Keep going, Mr. Wade. Go down to the W's. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah, that one. That one. That one, no. Come on, don't milk it, lad. Pointing at it, no. There you go, pull it out. He's cheating there, isn't he? What is it? What is it? Ice Carpenters. Best of two. It's not a bad choice at all. What's on that, Chris? Give us one. What, what's, what's the big track on that? Um, I need to be in love. Let me be the one. Happy I have you. Scraping the barrel. Brendan, though, isn't he? Brendan's done covers of each and every one of those as well, which are <laughs> his band camp. Probably. Listen, uh, Alistair, <laughs> what do you think, Chris? That's good. We'll come back to that every week from now on. Alistair, what do you make of this song, whatever it is? And what song we're Don't talking about? I might go in that game, though, and uh, sit downstairs next week. Um, but yeah, it, it does sound like he, he sent the kids away to uh, you know, like to do their own work with like a couple of Stooges LPs. Um, that's that's definitely uh, something that's probably going on there. Um, but yeah, I guess it's okay groove, like with some like nice ranting on it. Um, it's like it's very energetic, but it's a bit of a one-trick pony, isn't it? Like you know, fair enough. It just does the same thing over and over again. Ding ding ding! We have a winner. Re- repetition, isn't it? Repetition. Mm, one, week, one, one week you're all about it, next week you can't stand it. Never know with you, Alistair. Yeah. Leon says, he goes Leon's on about... not fickle like you, Alistair. No, the outside flavourness of it. Now, we like that line when it came up on Smith's, Smith's album. I think it's on Panda, Panza, Panza, right? And um, that worth it for this alone, he says. Ezra, you've got some opinions on this song, no doubt. What yeah, you they? know, I, I like just being thrust into the eternal now of garage doom for five or six minutes and i think that song does this very very well um it's interesting that this does just seem to be like a fucking beef assassination track of ex-bandmates from marky smith and he can't even be asked to really write any (laughs) lyrics for it so yeah he recycles the best lines 
from Panda Panza Panza, the outsidedness flavour of it, and as meandering through the trash pedal weight of investment guest solo. But most of the rest of the stuff is just like, essentially, it's you're not as famous as me, but you want to be, uh, which is quite sour. Um, luckily, his performance pulls it off, and just that throbbing eternal migraine of pummeling garage noise helps it. So, not bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what about you, Pip? You like this one, right? I like that. I like his idea of like you know punk rock and roll being this uh, <clears throat> archetypal energy that you can tap into. I'm having that. What did I think? Of? I think it starts off really well. It's got really good energy about it. I think Mez sounds smashing. Um, I did notice. I wonder if this is a bit of a turning point for him actually in his vocal style because he seems to he seems to jettison the ah at the end of everything and starts doing this kind of like breathless warble kind of thing at the end of his vocal lines with with this stuff i wondered if this is the point where it happens um which is is i, I quite get into i think uh like as we were saying i think mezzi's performance is pretty strong on this but it is just that i'm kind of waiting for it to do something else and it, it's not it's not like solicitor in the studio that we started off with where i'm just i'm with that riff 100 you can keep pounding that for another 10 minutes and i'll i'll still be jumping up and down but i just feel with this it's it's just it kind of paints itself into a corner a little bit with the music and you you can't see any way of it um lifting out of it i wonder whether it needed another voice on the perhaps like another instrument or like they used to do with uh because the, the keyboard on it is all noise, which sounds great, but there's nothing of that, nothing to cut through the, the sound to kind of just give it the lift it needs, I think, at some point. But um but it, it's really great. It's a decent, it's a it's a it's a decent jumpy around drunken record. So yeah, I like that. And I agree <laughs> I like the sentiment that it gets going in it. We you know, nobody likes people whinging. No, God no. There's um but it's one of them that like 15 minutes really it's it's a crowd rocker basically and that's the eternal kind of garage rock stomp isn't it so i don't think they they fully went for it i think that's what and i think if it had been later a decade later it would have been 15 minutes long and i think that's that would have done what it needed um yeah is that that's everyone tim 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 will like this one too. i don't think he has let's check He's put, love this one, a sarcastic and nasty dressing down to anyone who ever said they wanted to do something and didn't bother actually doing it. If more of the garage rock style tracks had this amount of drive and synth decoration, I'd be down with a lot more of them. There's a certain outsidedness flavour to it. Good shit. Yeah, yeah. We like that line, don't we? So, um, it, it's up against... Um, something off um, Earth, that's GB, a much maligned fall album from 2011 called I've Seen Them Come. All written by Spike Milligan, I believe. Not really. I think this constitutes the only fall drum solo on any record. That's like not the deck, isn't it?
fast forward it a bit. really grown on me this one um and what they say so the house of all that record by brammer and uh, hamleys and um funky sigh and then greenway come out this week i'd listen it's quite nice stuff some good good stuff on there but i think peter greenway is not going to join him on the tour and uh as much as we give him a hard time for some of that riffage there's great riffage on this song in my opinion and uh, we'll hope uh, he feels better soon and can join uh, join them for some rocking and rolling. But um, that aside, Dan, what what uh, did you make of this uh, final choice? Yeah, I didn't get on very well with this one, I'm afraid. Uh, I just found the, the instrumentation just sort of grated on me all the way through, and, um, and it hurt my ears as well. I don't know, there must have been some sort of funny um, vibrations going on, I don't know, with the that weird keyboardy thing and... So, yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. I'm pretty sure that's what Smith was aiming for, to be honest. <laughs> he would have been very happy with that result, I'm sure. Um, Al, what do you reckon? Well, it's a noisy, garagey dirge in it. Um, it's got a bit of intensity to it, but there's a bit of, like, musical blandness in there where they could be kicking its face off. Um, so, you know, it's enjoyable enough. It's not offensive. It's just it's, it's one of those I'm a bit kind of like, it's all right. Fair enough, fair enough, Ezra. Anything to defend this uh, late period uh, effort? Not really. I'm pretty much with Dan and Alistair here. Like, um, it's, you know, they could have kicked it up a few notches. I mean, like, for what it sounds like they were aiming for, they did need to kick it up a few notches, and they didn't. And then we've just got this, like, terrible fucking lyric from... You know, I kind of feel like in in these... I mean, I, maybe he was just going fucking bonkers from all the drugs and the booze, but um, also sometimes I think, well, maybe he was just trying to shit on his own reputation <laughs> as being like this kind of lyrical by coming up with stuff that was just like pointedly trash. And this, like, the lyrics are just totally fucking trash. He's getting into the grandpa racism with, oh, I've seen them come from Ding, Fang, Gong, Kwong, Key, golly, wong, wong, long, bong, land. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, shut the fuck up, man. Um, and yeah, you know, the the the, the uh, mitigating things are, as you noted, the opening drum solo. Uh, I'm a man who likes a drum solo anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And also the fact he's overdubbed himself going, shh, over the top of it, which considering the kind of like tiresome fucking idiocy of the lyrics, I find very, very fitting. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, it, 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 this is the pretty trashy one. So no benefit given. You think like the list of places is proper UKIP, Mongoland or whatever they were saying, right? You, you think he was going for that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, if I was going to write a song about a bunch of fictional places, as I, I said in the chat, you know, I would actually scour my brain a little bit to find, like, maybe, you know, fictional place names from literature you could use, you could 
put a bit more work into your own ideations of like coming up with halfway plausible place names than Gong, Bong, Fang and Gang or whatever the fuck it is that he comes up with, you know. So it's all a bit kind of like uh, Alan Clark's diaries in it, former MP. I think he, he was the guy who said Bongo, Bongo Landing right. Parliament. Very yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. It's gammon, gammonish. Alistair, did you tell us what you told you didn't like this song? No one likes it. No one likes this fucking song. Chris, <laughs> you, you love this stuff though, don't you? Well, I like I like how it's recorded. It's got a really good kind of uh, live sounding kind of drum to it. And I like the kind of the crazy kind of overdubs. Like I say, could have gone a little bit further with those, maybe, but um I like the guitar line. It just sounds um less like a fully developed song rather than like a jam. Uh, based on a single idea. It, it kind of sounds like um, an extended live version of You Wanna. It's got kind of um, shades of that to me. You know, the same kind of pace to it. Um, I like at the end when it just kind of reduces to just a gu- guitar and drums. That's quite a good bit. Um, it's a good band, doing some good work, uh, but it's not like a fully realised kind of song. Oh, I think uh, must try harder, really, isn't it? And that's one of the, the Ursats GB gets criticised for that. Is uh, feeling a little bit uh, uh, tossed off. Leon says, "I've seen them come. I respect its unreasonableness. I've been a dong metal mass Balthazar top metal fall riffage. Much more <laughs> to this track than the initial impressions suggest. A weird <laughs> sci-fi vibe with a lane on point. Have you seen that that interview he did with Krishna Guru Murphy on Channel Four? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it'd be great if we could get Chris Guru Murphy on, wouldn't it? As a as a celebrity far fan. Maybe. Who knows? Phil, what do you reckon about this song? Um I didn't I didn't listen to the words, to be totally honest with you. So it's, it's I've been, been a bit taken by left field by uh, those comments, so I can't really talk to that. But plausible I, deniability. Well that's that's what I like to encourage. Um I, so the old, the thing that really jumped out at me and what grew on me all week was the guitar layering on it, actually. I thought the, the riff's great. <laughs> as obviously being the target of your opening comment in regards to uh, Mr. Greenway's uh, health and well-being. Of, of course, we hope and wish him well. But I've I've not made any secret of the fact that I'm less than keen on some of his guitar contributions. This, on the other hand, is excellent, I thought. I thought it was a really great riff, really creative. Um, it's wonky and and angular in all the right places. It is repetitive, but it it's it feels like uh, I tell you, it feels like it's like a bit like um, the Alton Towers thing when they get that going. Uh, but it's just a lot more scratchy and uh, annoying and aggravating, and it's it it builds up that kind of chaotic backdrop to whatever he's prattling on about which at this point i don't really listen to too much but um i yeah it grew on me this week to be honest with you it was one that i started off not really listening to too much being completely intoxicated by solicitor in the studio and uh and it this has grown on me a lot i think this is uh, this is some good music but yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't remember the words no i think it's got its charm this one i I've, i don't know why because i'm not a fan particularly of that album but i really did like it and i think green has got a nice riff and he's trying but i don't think smith wants him to do anything else except play that riff and so i think he's, he's responsible for a lot of this don't um, play it through a different pedal exactly um is that it? Is that Tim? Tim told us what he thinks yeah uh no so uh let's see what he has said 
The Rick saying drums at the beginning of fun. The rest is a bit pedestrian. Lyrically, it's a non-event. Sort of an I've been everywhere, man, for the Daily Mail reader. The riff has some promise. Glad when it was over. Glad when it was over. Well, it is over all now, uh, once we've taken this final vote. So I, I think it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. Well, let's... Uh, Let's slap on a fake smile and go through this one more time. You wanna versus I've seen them come. Uh, Alistair, which way are you going? Uh, I'm going on strike for this one. Why me? All right. <laughs> Fair enough. That's right. You can tell he works in the NHS, can't you? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you wanna. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, which way is you going? You wanna. Alrighty. Um, Phil. I'll be the controversial one then. I'll go for uh, what's it called? I've seen them come. All right. All right. What about Tim? He's put uh, you wanna. All right. Um, Chris, you wanna. Easy in it. And uh, Michael E over there on Patreon's also gone for you wanna. So it's storming home. Um, I'd go for you wanna as well. As we have asked you. I have a you all, Anna, more or less. Sad to say, but you won as easily won. So You're tired, that... mate, aren't you? You're no, tired. no, I'm it's... full of energy. You need to lie, you need to lie down. You no, know, listen, you? before we go, <laughs> my mum's here. Come and get my mum. Mother, if you don't mind, can you come over and just say hello to these uh, fine gentlemen just before they go? Mum's visiting. And so... Hi. Some uh, some friends over here. What do you think of the fall, Mum? Never heard of them. Not even true. Love some. <laughs> All the singles. I've only heard them through you. All right. Well, this is a fall podcast, so I, I think um, thanks for dropping by. And, uh, <laughs> uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. See you um, soon. So, John O'Leary, if we can. And um, Dan, thanks for dropping by. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Um, it got me to listen to the fall for, for once. You know, because obviously <laughs> it's been a reference throughout my life. Um, I've never really, this is the most I've got to find out about the fall. Yeah, well, hopefully there's some some gems in there that you might uh, come come back to. And um, is there any of your uh, tunes that's a particular favourite that uh, that we can play on the way out that we haven't listened to already? Put you on the spot there. I can put. I can choose one. As I've got a playlist here. If you've uh, if you've not got one that comes to mind, yeah, you choose one. All right. What am I going to choose? Let's have a look. He's definitely tired, isn't he, Phil? Yes, yes, you can tell. He's been burning That's that candle at both ends. No, no, you know what? I'm going to listen to Storm Injector off that first album. I think it's a, a top tune. Um, I'm just gather my thoughts, chaps. Gather my thoughts. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. But I tell you what, why don't uh, say goodbye and you can all like vanish from the room and I'll play the song and then I'll I'll stop the video and I'll edit all this bit out so it's like proper snappy. <laughs> um, thanks for coming, Dan. Take care. Thanks, Dan. That's been like brilliant. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, all. thanks all. everyone. Everyone yeah, else. Um, yeah, you can uh, you can go about your your ways and uh, have a good I'm day. Going, I'm going having my birthday. Nice. Enjoy. Enjoy. You can just go now. Bye. See ya. I've got to go. Bye-bye. You can go. See you, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.